Greetings one and all wherever you are in the universe and welcome to the latest episode of An Expresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to grab a drink and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we're going to be talking about the wonderful world of personal branding. So there's a lot of noise out there in the business world right now. Take a look on any social media platform and you'll see a multitude of marketing messages, guides, people offering similar services to you. There is an overwhelming amount of content out there and it's easy to get lost in the crowd unless you create your own crowd. So who better to, to so who better to talk to about this than Grace Lancer, a personal branding coach who helps extroverts create unique selling points so they can differentiate themselves from the competition. Without further ado, let's dive in. Awesome Yay, to have you here. And thank today. you for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast and we just had a super long chat before we actually hit record. So I'm really excited <laughs> to just dive in um, and share all these nuggets of wisdom with your audience. <laughs> Fabulous, fabulous. So how did you how did you get into this personal brand? Um, I'll give you the I'll give you the short answer. I'll try and give you the short answer. So I started my business three years ago now. We're literally in two weeks coming up to my three-year anniversary. And I didn't really know what to focus on when I started out. I started with mindset coaching, confidence coaching, and it was this journey that naturally progressed, but I never really found my voice. And I started predominantly on, on Instagram. Facebook for a little bit as well. And then I came over to LinkedIn about a year ago and it was coming over onto LinkedIn where I saw this whole world of personal branding experts that I hadn't really seen before. And I just had this epiphany moment where it was like, this is the thing like that I should have been doing all of this time that I felt like I maybe couldn't do in the past because I didn't really know how to monetize my personality. Personal branding obviously goes a lot deeper than that. But on the surface, a lot of people, you know, think it's, it, it's about, how you show up as the person that you are. And so it was about August last year when I decided to actually make this pivot and say like, now's the time that I'm gonna go for it. So how it came around was actually coming onto LinkedIn, seeing everyone else doing it and saying like, this is this is my calling. Love that, love that. You had that, the light, you that saw the light. The <laughs> light. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So. I just want to yeah touch on personal branding with you there because it's something that we hear a lot we hear the name personal branding it's all over linkedin it's all over well pretty much any social media platform now um i watched about 20 videos on it on tiktok yesterday so for for anyone who's not familiar with this term or or like you said in that intro there that maybe don't quite get what it is what what is i'm glad you branding. asked because a lot of personal branding experts think that people understand what personal branding is as a term when really personal brand personal branding it is still this fluffy term that a lot of people don't really understand and so when we think just about general branding branding for a business it's about the way you position yourself in the market and it's about how people feel when they interact with you and your brand so it's the feeling that you create within your audience so when it's about personal branding, it's literally about the way that you brand yourself as a person. So what is your 
your personality, your values, your purpose, your mission. And then in a business sense, because for most people that we're trying to monetize that in some way, what is your niche and your target audience? What are your services that you want to actually package up? Like that's also a part of your personal brand. It's like your target audience and what your services are and who you're targeting. But it's all about you as a person, your hobbies, your interests, your values, as I said, your purpose and your mission, your personality, your tone of voice. So it's the way that you are, the person that you really are at your core, that you are offline, being able to project that online to show people who you are as a person. You're literally, li literal, your personal brand, the branding of you. Love that. I literally did a video on this today. I'm kind of addressing how certainly at the moment on online, there's lots of cheat codes and ways, you know, 101 tips to do this and that and the other. And I'm like, well, okay, that's all well and good, but you've still got to deliver it. <laughs> you've still got to show up. And, and one of the things I see a lot online and, and from people I speak with, and I'm, I'm assuming you probably do with your clients as well, is this age old question, how should I show up? Is it okay to do this? Is this going to be deemed unprofessional? So, <laughs> yep, I'm sensing you've heard those three questions. So many, times. and it's part of my own journey as well, because for those of you listening to this that follow me on LinkedIn, you know that I'm so unprofessional, in inverted commas, because people have their own definition of what professional means. But it's a big part of me and my business is that I help my clients build an online brand without having to be professional and corporate and boring, to be able to still attract high paying clients without having to be those things. And I was so excited to come into my business and go, do you know what? Everything that the corporate world has made me believe about myself, I'm so happy to leave that behind and be exactly who I want to be. Then I came into business and it wasn't that easy. I had all of these thoughts like, what if I share that and people don't take me seriously? What if I like say the wrong thing and people don't want to work with me because it turns them off? And so, so many people have these thoughts around like, what's too much? How should I really show up? What, like, mm. do I need to change myself in order to attract high paying clients? And my words to you are no. Absolutely not. You should never change yourself because the whole point is that you only want to work with clients who are like you. And I understand the fear that might come. I literally had it three years ago as well. So I really do understand the fear. What if I say something that's too bold, that's too much, that ruffles too many feathers and it's really controversial and I get loads of backlash and people judge me or like people get turned off. Cool. Like those people are not your people. I know that we're going off topic and now I will go yeah. on a big, uh, not rant about this, but like, you know, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Like in business, we talk a lot about attracting your ideal client, but more than anything, it's so important to repel your non-ideal client. And if that means being the outspoken person yeah. that you are, showing off your personality, like who you are when you're home alone, at, you know, by yourself, that's the person that you want to project online. Also because you don't want to be fake. You don't want to be one person put across a different persona online and then people meet you or have a call with you and they're like, this is not what I was expecting. Because that that's worse. You know, you're, you're building yeah. a, what is it? Like an, an alias, like a, you know, a, a different persona. And you don't want that. Like the, the best people that have like the best pe personal brands are the people who are literally the, the same offline as online. And that is also 
what everybody needs to focus on creating. Totally with you on that. I think I think one of the biggest compliments that I that I get really when when I get on calls with people is like, ah, oh, yeah, you're exactly as I thought you'd be. You know, you don't want to cause that disconnect, do you? I mean, if you're if you're showing up as some online, I call them super mega Jurassic Park avatar version of yourself. You know, if you're if you're showing up like that, it causes a massive disconnect, and and the most importantly that's going to eliminate trust absolutely you build trust by by consistency with consistency and consistency is also being consistent with your personality with who you are as a person with projecting that same image and and something that i hated being told so much in the corporate world but is a big part about branding so i guess i was just building my unprofessional personal brands back then what I was told all the time is you need to think about the way that you're being perceived by people in the office. It was, you know, you, or you're projecting this negative mm. perception of yourself onto your team members and higher management. And I hated being told that so much, but it's so true about your online image is you need to make sure that you are being perceived by your community in the way that you want to be perceived. However, that is, you know, if you want to show off your, as we said, your, your outspoken nature, you know, you're really honest, you're you're really fun, maybe you're really out there, maybe you swear a lot, whatever it is, just be that person because the right people who are ready to work with you will respect that and value that. Yeah, most definitely. And it does. I think, as you mentioned uh, a few minutes back, you said that attract and repel. And, and that for me is what it's all about, you know, by showing your personality, by bringing out your energy, by showing the sort of vibe that you're at, that's going to attract people and it's going to repel people. Yeah. And that's a good thing. You know, if you're, if you're literally attracting the sort of people that don't light you up, that's, that's going to cause you problems. You don't want to work line, with right? people who, where there's going to be a mismatch or like a misalignment with your personality and your working style. I mean, I was told a lot at the beginning, like this whole, yes, you need to attract people like you, but I understand there is that fear that you need to overcome first because I was like, I don't want to attract professional people where they expect me to like turn up to their calls, like in a suit or, you know, I, I was like, I don't want to work with those people, but I, I wasn't yet over the fear of actually being able to show off the real me. So for anyone listening, like I do understand it's easier said mm -hmm. than done just to say, just be yourself because, you know, if you, you're probably still holding on to a lot of these corporate beliefs of, of, in order to be taken seriously, in order to be successful, in order to make money, you have to be a certain way and that certain way being corporate, professional, serious, but don't. And yeah. it's my mission in my business, first of all, to show people that you can absolutely build a wildly successful and profitable business without having to be corporate and professional. But it's also my mission in my business to teach other people, people like me, how to do the same. Love that. Just want to reflect a little bit on LinkedIn, for example. There's there's still this notion that LinkedIn is this ultra professional platform where, like you said, you have to turn up, suit suited and booted, leave your personality at the door. We're going to talk business right now, sort of thing. Now, if anybody hasn't yet come across your profile, um. What they do, they're going to find that it's very colourful, that you're a massive fan of emojis, 
<laughs> that, that your personality is literally stamped all over it and and that like you said is going to attract the sort of people that you want into your business so for anybody out there that's kind of like coming onto linkedin right now and thinking okay i've literally got to get that professional headshot done i've got to like go okay um yes so i'm i'm an executive consultant you know, and, and they, they end up talking in a voice that's not even theirs. You know, what, what would you say to people? I would say like to that? people that honestly, that the first thing that you need to get clarity on is your purpose. Oh, sorry, like the first things you need to get clarity on are your purpose, your mission, and your values. Because getting clear on your purpose, you're understanding why you're doing this, what motivates you to do this, what's your reason for doing this, your mission will help you actually understand for yourself, like, why are you doing the thing in your business? What are you working on specifically? And why are you so passionate about that thing? And then your values help you understand who you are as a person and in turn, who you want to attract to your business. And how that is going to help you is when you connect with those things and you get a clearer understanding of like who you are in this, why you're doing it, why you're so passionate about doing it and who you want to attract to your business, you have so much more confidence to actually show up as that person because you're like listen every step of the way we know like imposter syndrome shows up self-doubt can show up but it's about connecting so strongly with you and your vision and your why that will always give you the confidence to like check yourself in moments like this and be like no 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 like you know, Dave from HR, like might see this and be like, oh, like we, we never work with that person. Like, great. Dave from HR is then not your ideal client. You, you have to remember that your ideal clients, the people you want to work with are the people like you. And therefore they will want to see everything about you, your values, your tone of voice, your personality. So Again, I know I, I said before, it's easier said than done, but don't feel the fear in really holding that back because the right people who are ready who, mm. you know, to, to, to buy from you, they're the people that will love it. And the longer you hold back your personality, the more inauthentic you feel actually showing up for your, in your business, which will potentially stop you from actually showing up consistently when you don't feel aligned with the content that you're putting out there, with the way that you're actually showing up. It's going to delay your success and your results because you are unaligned in your business and you're not attracting the right people to your business. Yeah, yeah, totally with you on that. I think very much like yourself, when when I started this journey, I didn't. Yeah, I always say to people when when they ask me how long have you been on LinkedIn, they say, uh, and my answer to that is my my CV or my resume has been on there for. I don't know, since 2014 and my personality joined it in 2020, <laughs> you know, because it was so unbelievably vanilla and it did not in any way, shape or form convey who I was or what I was about and the sort of things that yeah. I could really support people with. And, and and now it's like, right, I've got cartoons on my profile and it's orange and blue and just do random stuff and make jokes all the time and it, and, and it does make a difference it attracts those people that that you would absolutely love to be and do you know what as i said i only probably came onto linkedin a year ago for my business before that when i was in my job years ago yeah like you know we connect with my clients and people in the hr world and also 
we'd post company updates every once in a while because they'd be like, can you post this update for us? But I didn't use LinkedIn in any way, shape or form all those all those years ago. Um, and it's changed so much as a platform that people can really now see the potential of it. And honestly, Ashley, I should have shares in LinkedIn, the amount that I rave about it to everyone. If LinkedIn is, is listening, like sponsor this podcast, like, you know, send me over some shares, would really appreciate it. Um, but But really like, it's my favorite platform for growing a business because it exists first and foremost as a business platform. And that is the good thing about all those years ago where it was about mm. hosting your CV, applying for jobs, sharing like blog articles, is that that underlying theme of like, it exists first and foremost as a business platform works in every business owner's favor because everybody on there is open to a business yeah. conversation. Like on Instagram, I'm gonna be totally honest, I still use Instagram to generate business, but people are a lot more scared of being sold to on Instagram. People like, you know, you, you get shut down yep. if you try and open like a business conversation or literally ask an innocent business question. People don't like it. On LinkedIn, everyone is open to a business conversation. So I've gone off topic a little bit here, but like really, you know, LinkedIn is the place to be for building your business. Best for organic reach, best for finding people, oh, best wow. for being found, just you, general usability. I forgot what the was now. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's it's all good. We can we can work with that. We can work with that. <laughs> but no, I totally agree. I think LinkedIn in, in yeah. itself has changed massively um, over the last three years. When I first came on, it was still very much that it, it had quite a stuffy feel. And now with with the advent of personal branding, and I know it's it's been personal branding's been going. You know, it, it, it's termed personal branding, but it's existed since yeah. the beginnings of time. But now that that's become a real thing, it's really changed the dynamic, certainly from the content point of view. And I think this is a good thing. But yet, but yet, at the moment, only a tiny percentage. Of LinkedIn users are actually creating content and actually letting people know, mm -hmm. "Hello, I'm here." Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's time to, uh, to to get to work on them. What are you going to so, say? I mean, when we look at LinkedIn as a, as a whole platform, of course, it's not only self-employed business owners, right? It's you know people that work at companies, employed employed people as well. And if I'm honest, I don't want to give too much away, but like I also really want to develop a new area of my business this year, which is actually going into companies and helping training up their employees to start building their personal brand without going into the details you know that mm. there's wins for the employer that they get to increase their visibility and attract better talent without having to fork out on recruitment costs but also it's a win for the employees and there's an incentive for them to do it because they're putting themselves in the best position when they want to actually move on to be able to command higher higher salaries and, you know, there's potential that if the companies that they work for are doing brand partnerships, that they can maybe make some additional commission through affiliate links or, you know, or, or things like that, or potential for side hustles and their own brand partnerships if they're building a good personal brand. So um, for those people, there's less incentive when they're employed because they think, what are they doing it for? Mm. But for the self-employed world, what I find is a lot of people, they everyone says just go out there and just start but like I don't like this advice there's no point in starting with fluffy content if you're trying to monetize without knowing first and foremost like who is your niche who is your ideal client what what are your services mm. or what at least are you thinking about you want to offer as a service because you only want to focus on yeah. 
building a community of ideal clients. If, if your aim is to go viral, then cool, you don't need any of that. But virality brings a very broad and wide audience. And I know people with thousands and thousands of followers, they can't monetize it. Or they don't know how to monetize it. If you're literally looking to use LinkedIn as a platform to generate high paying full figure clients, then you need to get clear first and foremost on what is your profitable niche? Who is your ideal client? What are your services? What is your core area of, of interest and your qualities and your skills? And start posting about that. That's it. Drop. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? And I'll come back to the ideal client thing, thing in a second. But yeah, I think having that, that, that clarity. I know when, when I start working with people, before we get anywhere near videos, before we get anywhere near content, we're like, right, we've got two two possibly three weeks of talking and diving and homework and getting clear on this because without that foundation it just basically mm -hmm. whistling in the wind you know you're not going to connect with anyone because you're just going to be saying stuff it's going to be confusing for your audience as well and, and which is the last thing you want for sure coming back to that ideal client now one of the things in most marketing platform, uh, most marketing programs that I've ever been on that are out there, they talk about ideal client avatar. Okay. And this is great work. And I think it's very useful to do this, to have an idea of who they are, to, to figure out their needs, their wants, what keeps them up at night. But I also know that in some programs, it goes even more in depth. And it starts asking questions like, what do they eat for breakfast? And what's their favorite color? And and people struggle with this. I mean, it just becomes like, I mean, for me, it's like, who cares? What is the importance of kind of having that ideal, doing this ideal client work? And, and really, how much depth mm -hmm. do you need to go into? It's a great question because I remember the first group coaching program that I joined, they went into, they have worksheets and they went into so much detail on getting us to get clarity on the detail of the demographics. And I was also thinking like, I just don't get why this is important. Like, why do we need to know what, what their salary is and like, you know, what they're doing in their free time? Like, how is this really going to help me in business? And ultimately, when you're looking at your ideal client, there are three different areas, if we could put subtopics that you need to look at. Firstly, the demographics. So um, so I'll, I'll list them first. So the demographics, the psychographics, and then where they're at in their journey. And so the demographics are these things like you've mentioned here, which is the, the kind of more superficial bits of information of like, what's their salary? How many kids do they have? What do they like to do in their free time? What's their religion? What's their political stance? And demographics for me, when it comes to actually attracting your ideal client, they don't mean a lot, but demographics can be a good mm. identifying factor in order to actually find your demographic. So it's like, for example, if your ideal client, which take a random example, is someone who is really into health and fitness and they love spending time at the gym, then you know that you might find them around social media pages for gym gyms and fitness studios and you know it, it, reading like gym magazines and listening to gym podcasts like I've just taken that as a random example so it's a good starting point to know like okay so where is my adult client going to be hanging out okay if there's someone on a really high salary does this mean that they're going to be like frequenting private members clubs so you get an idea of okay what how, mm -hmm. how 
who is this person? So I know where and how to get in front of them. And then you've got your psychographics, which is more the, the um, if we could say like the mental side of it, the, the psyche side. So like, you know, what, what are their values? What are their main motivations in life? What is their, what are their personality? What, what's their own purpose, mission um, and values? Yeah. And when you get clarity on this, this gives you a more, more important for me, more important details that help you actually call out the right person in your content and in your online presence. Because when you know these things, this is what's connecting with them on a deeper level. Not the fact that they like go to the gym three times a week and earn a hundred K like, no, but it's like, I know what your values are. And so, you know, I'm, I'm leading with value led content. That's going to call you out. I know what your personality mm. is which is similar to mine, you know, is in for most people in most of the cases say like, I'm going to show up with that so that you feel magnetized by my online presence. So these are things that connect with your ideal client on a deeper basis when you're creating your online brand and your content. And then more than anything mm. is knowing exactly what point your ideal client is at in their journey. So it's only when you know what point they're at in their journey that you can get deeper clarity on what are their struggles? What are their pain points? What keeps them up at night? What are their goals? What are their desires? And just to give you a tangible example of that, because let's just say that easy example, like you're a business coach and you're targeting entrepreneurs, business owners, the mm -hmm. ideal client who is just starting out in their business is going to have different struggles and pain points and goals and desires as someone who's three months further ahead of them, because the new starter will be like, I haven't got any foundations of my business set up. Whereas the person who's three months along will be like, I do have the foundation set up and now I need a content strategy, for example. So it's knowing yeah. where are they at in their journey to know what are they working on right now? What are their mo most immediate goals? What are the pain points and how are they showing up for that person on, an, on a daily basis? And you only know that by, first of all, getting clarity for yourself on who is the ideal client and then getting out there and doing market research with them and speaking with them. Yeah, I think the market research thing is um, is a very underutilized tool, um, especially in the solopreneur route. And, and, and I know it happens as well in, in larger businesses, um, but certainly say business of one, they're, they're just going out and they're like, okay, I think I've got this idea. I think it will work. And I think it will work for these people. And then they go ahead and spend 57 hours creating a video course and just go straight to market with it. So for, for those, you know, what, what, the, what, what are the advantages of doing the, the market research at that stage? Market research, as you said, I, it blows my mind that it's so underutilized. And sometimes I wonder, do people know they need to do it? fear stops them not knowing what to say not knowing what to ask or is it that people literally think I don't need to do it I can just guess I hope it's the former because ev people see everywhere everyone's telling you the importance of market research so if there's still people going I don't need to do it then like you're literally going to fail in business I'm sorry because as I said to my accelerator group as I say to all my clients I overutilize the word I'm like in business success is is based around facts guesswork fails everything is around facts if you want to consistently mm. sign clients and make money in your business everything that you do your offers your content has to be based around facts because if it's not as you said like you know you're you're, you're not connecting with these people in a way that is going to make them buy so yeah you, you um market research is so important also for validating what you're doing as we said, if, if you're just creating something because yes, you have to go out there and create something you're passionate about, 
but your passion alone isn't going to sell. You need to validate it with the people who are going to be buying to ensure that it's the right service yeah. that's actually going to get money, You that's going to earn you money. And also to be able to tweak it in the right way because you can have a really good idea, but then you might validate it with your um, with your community, with your audience, with some of your ideal clients. And they might say, I, I kind of want that that you've written there, but it doesn't like it doesn't totally connect with me in the way that you've written it. So it's like, okay, that's great mm -hmm. feedback. How how would you describe it instead? And this is the whole reason why like you do market research to create your offers and then you create your offer and then you go and validate it with people to make sure that it speaks to them exactly in the mm -hmm. language that they would use because that's what's going to make them buy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th I think there is an element, there definitely is an element of fear from, from just from what I've heard from people that's like going out there. Because I think there's still this notion that putting out a sales post or, or talking about anything business-wise might be deemed to be too salesy and that it might piss people off. But it's like, well, you're here to make you're here to run a business. Yes, you are here to make an impact, but ultimately you're wanting to make some money in the process, you know, irrespective of what sort of business you've got, you want to, to make some money along the way. And, and that, I mean, what, what it are your thoughts on that? It astounds me how many people tell me that they are not in business to make money. As in, of course, they understand that they, they, they want to make money, but everyone says, I'm here to make an impact. And here's why I don't agree with that. Because in, in theory, I know it's not 100%, but in theory, everybody who is in business as a self-employed solopreneur should be here because they love what they do and they want to change lives if people are not like these are the people who are going to fail the people that do it literally just for money and they've got no purpose behind it they've got no passion they've got no real desire to to have an impact and change lives these people won't last for long but the people who really you know we're self-employed because we care about really changing lives and helping people and inspiring and motivating people to make change and so you're only kidding yourself by saying, I'm not here for the money, like I'm here to change lives. That's great. It's so noble of you to say it, but it should go without saying that you're doing this to make an impact. And ultimately, the mindset shift that came for me years ago is, is to be honest, like I've never felt bad about saying that I'm also in business because I want to make a lot of money, like I do. And I, and, and I don't feel ashamed to say that. More people should feel comfortable saying mm -hmm. that because most people are in business because they want to make good money. They want to make more money than they ever could have made in their nine to five. And people should be unapologetic about yeah, admitting that. But also it's the it's the reframe of actually the more money you make is just an indication of how good you are at doing what you do and the impact that you're actually able to have on the lives of people. Because if people are paying you a lot of money, if you have a lot of clients lined up waiting to pay you, it's because they see the value in what you can offer them. And so use it like the money you make as a reflection of the impact that you're really able to have on the lives of people. I love that. Yeah, totally. And it is a reflection, isn't it? I mean, it's a ripple effect. And I think we, we often lose sight of that, the ripple effects that happen yeah. by taking actions. Everything gets massively oversimplified in the business, in life and in business in general. But just like as you highlighted there, it's the money that's coming in is a reflection of the value and the impact that you have had. And the fact that people want some more of that, they're like, right, give me some of that. 
I want some of that. That person's going to, you know, like working with grace is going to change the game. It's going to move the needle. I always say, and certainly from a content point of view, from actually like when you are showing up, I say you have, it's your bloody duty and your responsibility. If you've got something to share that can make an impact on people that you're bloody good at, it is your absolute responsibility your moral obligation i'd go as far to say to actually show up and let you people need know to, about you that. need to funny enough someone commented on one of my posts yesterday that she she's a content writer I and mean, she had someone come to her and say my content's not converting and she said like how often are you posting and she's like oh not very often <laughs> and it's like i don't know what people expect that people want results but without showing up consistently again Maybe they, they recognize that they need to, but they just have the fear around doing it. And a lot of people get demotivated when they don't see results and they think, oh, just maybe it's not for yeah. me. Maybe I should just give up. But you have a duty if you are passionate about changing lives. Like we said, you know, you really want to have an impact on people. You need to show up for these people. And this is why I say to, to people, I have a lot of clients because, you know, my uh, my specialty is helping people like define their niche and, and hone in on their USP, their unique selling point, and then actually being able to market the shit out of that so that they can really stand out in the market. And so many people come to me and they're like, but I'm multi-passionate. Like I just have all these different niches that I want to serve and I've got different qualities and skills. Like how do I choose? And one thing I say to them is you are showing up for these people every single day, whether you're making money or not. And you have to choose a niche mm. that where you are so passionate about showing up every single day, even when you're not making money from these people. Because when you have such passion to talk about the thing that you love more than anything, you will be happy to do it every single day, even when you're not getting leads, when you're not getting inquiries, when you're not making money. That's how you know when you've chosen the right niche. Oh, massively. And it's empowering as well. I think empowering so many ways, you know, like you just said there on those days when you're not getting the leads, where it doesn't feel like you're getting any form of traction or stuff. You can just lean back into that because you are, you know, you are getting traction. You just don't physically see it that day. You know, if people associate you with whatever it is you're talking about, mm -hmm. that means you're front of mind. And just because, okay, so let's just take the example. Maybe you haven't got an inquiry that day. So your message, whatever it is that you've put out that day, it's hit. But that person maybe isn't quite far enough down the line to jump into your inbox on that day. But by showing up, you've nudged them a little bit closer to sending that message. Because I think, and, and you've, you've said this a few times, like the... People might get a little bit disheartened if they post content and they don't get any results. But it's it's having that self-belief and that, that true belief that by consistently showing up, you're making yourself the go-to person who, who people will reach out and that to is it. when it's, they're ready. You need to remember that action, consistent action, continuous action compounds over time into big results. So that's why, like, I love showing up with content every day, literally every day. I post on LinkedIn seven days a mm. week because I know that with every post, new people see it. It brings new people into my audience, new eyes on my business, because those people who have already been in my business for weeks, for months, with every post of mine that they see, they get closer to investing in me. And that's what you need to remember. It's not 
oh, I didn't get any inquiries from this post today. It's every single post is what builds more trust with your community. It's what edges them, as you said, that little bit closer to actually taking that step to invest in you. And you have to, re you have to remember that in business is that consistent action is what brings consistent results in the long run. Oh, massively. I was talking to a young, a young guy, um, a couple of days ago and he's just starting out in his journey. And, and I just, you know, shared with him some truths about it. It's like, you know, you know, I'm starting off and I said, look, man, it took me X amount of time to get any sort of traction. And he was like, what, really? I said, man, if you're expecting to just click your fingers and things will happen, you've got to start building up trust. You've got to start building up those relationships. You've got to start building up those associations so that people know, right, you are the guy that I need if I need that service. And that doesn't happen overnight. And I, this is one of the damaging things, I think, of the narratives that are out there at the moment about the whole 10 times your sales by, you know, breathing um, sort of bollocks yeah. that's out there at the moment. And and people are still buying into it. You know, what what would you say to those those people that are getting First sucked all, in by that? I would crap? say I totally empathize because when I started out three years ago, I got totally sucked in to the whole social media marketing and making it seem like overnight success really was a thing. And that was exacerbated by the fact that the, the coach whose program I was in, at the time she'd been in business for like four or five years, and she said that she hit her first 10K month on month four of her business. And she said, even then I was annoyed that it didn't happen sooner. And so I was like, wow, like I, I really believe that this is possible that like, you know, within three months of launching a business, you're hitting 10K months. And I was totally bought into that because I didn't know any other way. And social media marketing, people, mm -hmm. a big change that I've seen over the last three years, I don't know about you, um, is that people are a lot more authentic and open about the journey now. Before it was like, oh my goodness, you know, like I'm hitting yeah. 10K months, getting five bigger sold out launches, sipping like champagne from my bathtub in Bali. And people were like, wow, like <laughs> that's the life that I want as well. And that life is like totally possible for you as well and for everybody. But People don't mm -hmm. share what it took to get there. The fact that before that they had five failed launches, that they've actually been in business for three years, that they've had to like take out a loan and outsource loads of bits so that they can actually focus on their core zone of genius, whatever it would be. People in the past didn't share those things. Whereas now, especially on LinkedIn, people are way more open to sharing the bad with the good. And so people have this more balanced view yeah. of what success really looks like in business and what it takes to get there. And that's so important because, as I said, I, I didn't have that. And so when I didn't see this level of success quickly, it made me doubt myself. I, I knew that I had what it took to succeed, yeah. but like short term, it made me really doubt myself and think like, why is everyone else seeing this really quick overnight success? And I'm not like, what am I doing wrong? And it's like, yeah. no, I'm literally the same as like 95% of other people. There's a small 5% who do see success quickly for whatever reason, you know, but for the majority, you don't. And you just need to embrace that and hear this message that it's totally normal not to see quick success in business. Like, don't feel bad it, when it doesn't happen to you. You don't hit your first 10K month on month three. Like, you know, it, it just doesn't happen like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, you touched on that there, that it, 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 there's the journey 
there's the things that happen before you reach mm. that tipping point. And it may have had absolutely nothing to do with your business that you're in at the moment. It might just be your life experiences, education, whatever that's brought you to that moment. It's building up. It's constantly compounding in the background. You may have had 15 failed businesses or business launches or whatever beforehand. And you get to that point where where you literally something mm -hmm. just tips. And we do have this narrative in society that, that it's an overnight success, but I don't truly believe in, in overnight successes purely for that reason, because there's always something going on in the background. There's always actions that get you to that point where things do tip and without those actions beforehand. I don't, I and don't a perfect see it example of that is not that I followed his journey religiously, but um, Joe Wicks, the body coach, you know, he was like, everybody saw him as this big yeah. overnight success and he just exploded onto the scene. And he's like, but nobody saw me for five years before that when I was getting out in Surbiton and doing like group coaching sessions in the park at 6 a.m. and literally like handing out flyers at the station. Like nobody saw that when I was grafting for all these years before I hit that tipping point. But of course, everybody only sees the pivotal point of overnight success because that's the point where you become successful. Yeah. So everyone goes, who's this person who's just come out of the blue? It's like, I haven't <laughs> come out of the blue. I've been working on it behind the scenes for years, but nobody saw that. Absolutely. Because I think just talking at tipping points, I know you posted something probably a few few months back now it probably might have even been longer because time's flying but about how you in yourself in your business you'd reached a bit of a tipping point and how in the words that you were putting out there and I noticed it totally before you even said look you called it out and said there's just this energy and this power at, behind the words and this this confidence that just shines through and and now all you know as a result of that you know, people are just drawn mm. to you. It's magnetic. So, I mean, what changed? What, what, in your view at that point, what was that tipping yeah, point? Yeah, it's view? a great question. And so when I said to you at the, at the beginning that in August of last year is when I sort of delved into this personal branding, decided to pivot my niche. And then I started building up my online brand over those few months around personal branding. And then it was in January of this year. So literally like three months ago, when I, I just had this like epiphany of like, people don't really understand what personal branding is. It's still this vague term. And so I need to be more specific within the area of personal branding that I'm actually helping people with. And then it's like, as if by magic, like the stars aligned and I was having conversations with people and everybody started telling me the same thing. When I said like, what are you struggling with specifically in your business and in the realm of like personal branding and like presenting yourself online? And everybody started saying to me, I don't know how to define my USP and to differentiate myself from the market. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I've got it, I've got it. And I was like, this is the thing that I know I can help people with that I'm really good at. And also how I come across online anyway, that people see like, wow, you've got this brand that really stands out. And I was like, this is what I know how to teach people. Yeah. And so that was also at the point that, you know, I, I hired uh, my one-to-one -one coach, Richard Moore, and it just all came into place at the right time where I finally had this epiphany of like, this is it. This is the focus. This is what I know what works. And then I, I hired Richard and I was ready to go full speed ahead. And for me, honestly, it was, it was investing in myself that just put this like rocket mm. in my, what do people say? Your rocket in your, whatever, a fire in your belly. Let's, let's go with that. That just put this fire in my belly with like, 
first of all, I'm investing and I now, for me, when you invest in yourself, you see the power of investing. And so you go out there and you're like, oh my goodness, I feel so fired up to like make this happen. But it also came at the time where I got this clarity on like the, a niche down version of what my services were and also getting very specific and targeted with my ideal client, which as you know, is like outspoken extrovert coaches. And so because I was always showing up for these people before, but I didn't have the clarity that that was my target audience, all of a sudden it was like, these are the people that I'm showing up for now. And so I feel this next level confidence to really put out my best version of that self to, to lead the way for these people. So it was a combination of me get, getting my own clarity on like niching down with my services in my target market. And then the fire that came in my belly from like literally investing a lot of money into myself for a one-to-one coach. Oh, I love that. I love that. And and like you said, with the, the investment, that, that investment in yourself, I think when you get that clarity and, and it comes, I mean, I think I'm just, just about to have that sort of about reach that tipping point myself. There's just this clarity that kind of came the other day. It was like, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the thing. That's the route. And but that actual, like you said, that investment in yourself, I don't think there's anything better that you can do for yourself, irrespective of what we're talking about here, be that business, be that in your self-care, your mental health, um, moving to a completely different country in the world, whatever it is, you know, there's no better investment. No, and you, you, I'm going to sit here and say that, well, you don't have to do it, but you kind of do have to do it. As my, uh, my my dad says to me, you have to invest to be best. And I totally agree with that. And I know because I've been in business three years, I've made multiple investments. But during the time when I haven't had support, it's when I've coasted, when I've lacked clarity, when I've doubted myself, when I've actually dropped my rates because I hadn't wasn't getting business. Whereas just going through the act of investing, I, I, I put in a, in a post recently, like, I immediately raised my rates because first of all, I felt the confidence to do it because I was more niche down and positioning myself as an expert for the people that I wanted to attract to my business. But also it was seeing the value. Like if I am happy to invest this amount of money into this person, people will be happy to pay the rates that I want them to pay as well. So my rates immediately went up and they are continuing to do so with every client that I sign, I put my rates up more. Nice. And I think it's so true, isn't it? If you're prepared to go first, then it's easy to, it's much easier to get a buy-in into you as a person, as a business owner, you know, be that, whatever, be that making an investment in coaching or showing up on video, you know, being outspoken. If you're doing it, you're kind of leading from the front and it's like, okay, this person, I can trust this person. This person's worth investing in. You have to be your ideal client. You have to be your ideal client. Your ideal client is someone that invests big money into your services. Then you need to be that person first to show your ideal client. I want you to invest in me, but I want you to see that I see the value in doing this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. 
I love that. So we're just coming towards the end of our, our time together. So for any listeners out there looking for any uh, support with their personal branding, is there any offers or services that you would uh, like? I to will tell them very about right quickly now? tell you all about my brand new group coaching program called Four Figure Client Converter. So this is my target audience. I've spoken extrovert coaches and it's teaching my clients how to really define and hone in on the USP, their unique selling point so that they can market the shit out of it <laughs> and really build a truly magnetic, trusted, reliable and memorable online brand that attracts people who are ready to buy from you and only you. So you're really positioning yourself as the leader in your space, you're minimizing competition and you're really differentiating yourself and your services from the rest of the market. So that's my signature offer. And if you're wanting to connect with me after this show, which hopefully you do, you can find me on LinkedIn is my main social media. So my name is Grace Lancer and also on Instagram. And my handle is at Grace Lancer Coaching. And all the links will be in the description for this episode. So uh, you don't have to go searching for me. Just click the links and you'll be able to find Grace. So awesome. So before we set off then to the sunset or the sunrise, wherever you are in the world, I have one final question for you. What is your espresso shot of confidence for our awesome My listeners? vague espresso shot of confidence is you've just got to go for it. You've got to go for it. You've, you've, I said this in a post yesterday is that, yes, I had the fear around taking the steps and, and investing in myself and really going for it in my business. But my big, a bigger fear than that is literally getting to the end of my life and having regrets about the things that I didn't do that I wish I did do. And so you have to really take the clarity, take, take the time to get clarity on what is your bigger purpose in life? Where do you really want to be? What's the life that you want to create for yourself? And then setting yourself some goals, because also once you actually take the time to get clarity on what your goals are, you have a lot more confidence to actually go forward with them. Because all of a sudden you're not just coasting an autopilot mode, yeah. but you actually have things to work towards and to aim for. And so that would be my, my vague espresso shot of confidence is work on your self-belief to know that everything that you want in life truly is possible for you with the right mindset and with the right support, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And you have to believe that for yourself. Love that. Love that. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to join us today. Me. I've much absolutely loved it. it. I don't want it to end, but it has to end. Um, so thank you to everybody <laughs> for taking the time to listen. And I hope you really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our awesome listeners, wherever you are in the universe. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this so that you get updates of when the next episodes hit the world. So all that's left to say is, as always, don't forget to be awesome.